You're listening to the weekly sermon podcast from Union Road Presbyterian Church. For more information, join us on Facebook or visit our website at unionroad.org.uk. I'm fascinated to discover the names that are popular for newborn babies these days. And it's a personal thing because our daughter recently, I'd say recently, a week or so ago, just had a baby and she called, they called him Torrin. Now, I find that hard to understand. And I could only think of, there's a football, uh, there's a football team by the name of Glen Torrin. And that kind of helped me to understand the name. But it just goes to show you, names are changing. Some people still use the names of parents and grandparents. Uh, and especially uh, if there's a, an old uncle about uh, that had a wee farm, so often that name is often used for a particular reason. Some people, some names tell a lot about a person's social habits, footballers, pop stars, footballers, and so on. Some people use royalty. How many people, for example, how many ladies here tonight ha- have got the name Elizabeth somewhere connected uh, with their name? When I was assistant minister uh, what, nearly 40 years ago, I'm sorry to say, in Carnmoney Presbyterian Church. The first time I had baptisms, now Carnmoney was an exceedingly large congregation, and I had six children to baptize. And three of those children were called Sue Ellen. And the congregation laughed. They thought I'd made a mistake, but some of you will be old enough to know, I think, where Sue Ellen comes from. Alistair, would you like to tell us, saying you know? Dallas. <laughs> That's quite right. Uh, so we get names. Biblical names, of course, have had a resurgence in, re- resurgence in recent years. Now, there's some names that will not be used. For example, no mother would call her child Judas or Jezebel. And I think apart from Emmerdale, Cain doesn't have a great ring about it either. But the name that we have for our study this evening is not particularly well known, the name Uzziah. And we had the reading there from Second Chronicles chapter 26, and you can follow it in your Bible. I haven't often preached on Uzziah. Now, as you know, names have a special significance. And the name Uzziah means strength of the Lord. And as we read from Second Chronicles 26, we saw that for the best part of this person's life, we saw that that name suited him well. He seemed to have the strength, and he seemed to have the favor and the blessing of the Lord on his life for a good part of his life. And that is something I'm sure we would all wish for ourselves and our children. It was written about Jesus as a boy that he was growing in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and man. And those are lovely qualities that every good parent should desire for their children. But I'm afraid the latter two in favor with God and man are not in high abundance these days. So what can we say, therefore, about Uzziah? Well, the first thing I'm going to say is this. He had a very marked effect on people and history. 
the very well-known verse the very, and the prophecy of uh, Isaiah chapter 6 verse 1 uh, talks about the vision that the prophet Isaiah had. And how does it begin? You know the words very well. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up, and so on. So no less a man than Isaiah, the very famous prophet of the Old Testament, he gives the very date uh, of, his, of his, this vision, as, and he marks it by saying it was the year that King Uzziah died. In other words, King Uzziah had a marked effect on people. He was no obscure character, and the very fact that that's how Isaiah records his vision is proof of that fact. So I want to say right at the start, even though you may not have heard very much or thought very much about uh, Uzziah, he was no obscure character in the Old Testament. Indeed, in the plan of God, he was a very prominent individual in Jewish history. Of course, there are names in the Bible that are not recorded at all, and yet they're important people. The woman of Samaria was the first evangelist to the, Jew, to the, to the uh, Samaritans, and no name was given at all. But the point I'm trying to make is this, that in God's eyes, there are no obscure characters in the world. And I say that here this evening. You are not an obscure character who doesn't matter. You are an important person to God. You may not say, I've had a, a great effect on, on people and history. But God has created you for such a time as this to do his work, to do his will. And he has a job for you to do. Now, what are the details about Uzziah? Well, we read that he was a lad 16 years old when he was crowned king of Judah, very different to our current king. Uh, and yet he reigned, like our last monarch, for a very long time. He reigned for more than 52 years. And we're told that he got a very good start in life. He came under the influence of a clearly visioned and the godly Zechariah, who stated in his prophecy, Zechariah 24, 20, if we forsake the Lord, we cannot prosper. And of course, he found that to be true, as we will see. So he started under the, the, the godly influence of a good man who helped him. Now, let's take a moment or two there and just stress again the importance of giving people and especially our young people, giving them a good start in life. May I ask you something? How many of you pray for your children or your grandchildren or your nieces or your nephews every day? How many of you try to do what you can? Bring it to the Lord in prayer, yes. But how many of you do what you can to steer them on the right path in life when the world is trying to steer them on the wrong path. If we forsake the Lord, we cannot prosper. Do you realize that many people who later become alcoholics in life, they get the first taste of it from their parents at home? And that is a very important, yet it's a very sad fact. I don't think it's anything to be proud of. 
Uzziah came under a good influence. He came under a godly influence. He came under the influence of uh, Zechariah, the, the prophet. Parents, grandparents, think about that this evening. Can you have influence on the next generation? In this day and age when there's so many pressures to conform and so many temptations, and it is much harder now than it was 20, 30 years ago, harder to keep on the right path in life. What can you do to influence the next generation for good and for God? Now, the story of Uzziah's life shows us, and the first point is an encouraging testimony. Verse 5. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. Now, that's not saying, as I tried to say this morning, that the Christian life is not all sunshine. Indeed, it's not. It's not all ease. In this world, I said this morning, you will have tribulation. We're going to face these storms we talked about. But it is saying that there is a way in life to follow. There's a path to tread, and we should not depart from it. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. God's Word, I think, is a bit like a compass. It's more than that, of course. But it gives us the direction to go to keep us on the straight of narrow. Sometimes it means we've got to be pop unpopular. Sometimes it means we've got to go against the crowd. Sometimes people will misunderstand us, and they'll often misquote us, and they'll often oppose us. But to maintain an honest and an encouraging testimony is a vital thing to do. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. I wonder, have you an encouraging testimony? In as far as you can, relying on the Lord Jesus Christ for strength and for salvation. Are you walking in his direction uh, like the, uh, or are you like Saul of, Saul of Tarsus? Are you kicking against the pricks? It's very important to have an assuring testimony, an, an encouraging testimony. And then the next slide, an assuring confirmation. The last part of verse 15 says, he was greatly helped until he became powerful. It's very important, until he became powerful. St. Paul said that whenever he was weak, he was strong. Isn't that interesting? You see, in the earlier part of Uzziah's life, we read it together, he accomplished great things with God's help. As the king of Judah, he is remembered in his earlier years, principally for the, the era of prosperity that prevailed during his reign. And God helped him to defeat the, the, against the, the difficult Philistine nation. He was instrumental in rebuilding towns. He reopened a, a Red Sea port of Elas. He helped to keep the commerce of the country growing. He was a really good king. And I was doing really well, as long as he sought the Lord. And then we're told he was also an industrious farmer, as well as a king. He had a real interest in agricultural things. Read verses 9 and 10 for yourself. And then he was also a military man. He had a highly organized and a highly successful army. So what can we say? He was a real all-rounder. He was the sort of person 
you wouldn't you like to have had that reputation? He can't help feeling a wee bit jealous of a person like that. You know, many people work themselves in life, and even in the Christian, uh, in Christian work, they work themselves into the ground, and maybe they feel they don't achieve very much. Uzziah was an achiever. Everything he seemed to touch prospered. As long as he sought the Lord, God gave him success. Verse 5, but, I'm sorry there's a but. Verse 16 is worth underlining in this story of a very powerful man. But after Uzziah became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. He was unfaithful to the Lord his God and entered the temple to burn incense on the altar of incense. Until he became powerful, his pride led to his downfall. Now, this is the crux point of the sermon, really, this evening. And I think it behooves every one of us to sit up and take note. And especially those of us who are uh, committed Christians, we're not immune. Oh, no. Yes, it will be different for every one of us. His downfall was his pride. Yes, it'll be different. Uzziah assumed a priestly office. He went into the temple. He did things that, that, that he should not have done. That, that was a role in, for, the, for the Levites. It was not a role that he should have got himself involved in. But you know, the biggest problem of Uzziah was this, and maybe it applies to us all sometimes. He refused to heed the warning. The priests in the temple confronted him, and they said in verse 18, it is not right for you. Uh, they they uh, had, took their, uh, their courage, put on their, their steel vests, and went in to try to say, look, this is not right for you to do this, and he flared up in a rage. Now let's pause there before we examine what happened next. His pride was his downfall. That, of course, is not just an Old Testament sin. That is as relevant today in the 21st century A.D. than ever it was. His pride was his downfall. When he seemed to have everything going for him, he seemed to have success at, at his fingertips and everywhere he turned, he still hadn't got enough. Power corrupts, they say. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And I think people still claim over others in a race to get to the top. And so often they don't care who they hurt in the process to get there. That was Isaiah. He claimed over others. He did what he should not have done. He didn't listen to the advice that he was given. And what a mess this story is. C.S. Lewis, the great thinker and theologian from Belmont and East Belfast, said on one occasion, A proud man is always looking down on things and on people. And as long as he is looking down, he cannot see what's above him. As long as he's looking down, he cannot see what's above him. You realize that pride, and this is the sin we're talking about this evening, pride, the downfall of Uzziah. It is the only disease known to mankind that makes everybody sick apart from the person who has it. I have seen over the past 40 years in ministry more damage done in churches by pride than ever by heresy. Pride is so often at the back of a power struggle. 
people in churches offers us. It is the hardest sin to repent of because it is the one sin that just doesn't allow people to say sorry. It is most common among the most able, but it's in every class. It is the most obnoxious of all sins, and it is the sin that were of this character, Uzziah, that we're talking about this evening. So often today, the world and the church are ready to condemn certain sins, but pride is excused, and it is viewed as acceptable. People have been disqualified from office for, for various misdemeanors, financial or, or moral impropriety, and that's how it is. But pride gets an excuse. People turn a blind eye to that. Some 200 years before the time of Uzziah, the king of Judah, King Solomon lived. And he warned of the severity of pride. You read it in Proverbs chapter 21, verse 4. He said, Haughty eyes, a proud heart, and evil actions are all sin. That was the downfall of a very highly successful king of Judah, a hero of history. It has been the downfall of many people since. And I think it's a lesson we need to take to heart today, no matter who we are, and no matter what our level of faith may be. Christians are not immune from the sin of pride. I love this statement. It's going to come on the slide next. I read it from Franklin Jones, and I think it's true. And if you remember nothing else, try to remember this, that nothing is as hard to do gracefully as getting down of our high horse. It is, you know. Well, finally, what became of Uzziah in the end? Was the end as good as the beginning? No, of course it wasn't. The effect or the final result of Uzziah's pride. And the final result of Uzziah's pride, of course, he was afflicted with the most awful disease of leprosy. And, of course, he was a leper in isolation from that day in the temple to the day of his death. Now, you all know about the scourge of leprosy in Bible times. You all know that the leper was unclean in Jewish eyes. Uh, the, the leper lived in, in isolation. He was excluded from worship. He was excluded from the sacrifices in the temple. You might say life was practically cut off from, from normal society. And that's precisely how a very powerful man, a very able man, a very competent man, a man that was greatly blessed in many ways, that is how he finished up. You know, I've said it so many times, and I'm going to say it again, because it's true in this passage. How we start in life is important, but how we finish is, more, is what really matters. We start out when we're born, and then, of course, we need to be born again, John chapter 3. But we need to keep our eye on the goal, keep our eye on the finishing line, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. And I'm sad to say that many a good and devoted Christian, many a person with a, a good gospel heritage, and many a person with, with great faith, has slipped down like a, and just like Uzziah, prayed is the subtle cause of the failure. 
I want you to think about that this evening because really, there's more pride in all of us than any of us would want to think. Let us pray.